1: i don't go to work when the waves are good i don't go to work when the waves are good i don't mean to be a dick but the wind just shifted i gotta quit and i don't go to work when the waves are good see ya i don't mean to be i like the coconut smell in my wife do do do, I like the coconut smell in my wax. Do do do, down at the beach looking at the cheeks, Daddy's gonna purr for like <laughs> daddy, gonna swerve for coconut. I like the smell in my wax. I like the smell in my wax.
0: All right, Chaz, welcome to The Grid. It's March 3rd,
2: 2022. High art right there. We opened with a potential Grammy winner. You think that's the same dude who gave us the Salad Days remix? It could have been, could have been. Like, and he, The voice sounded a bit different, though.
0: I don't remember that guy's voice. I would need to look the caller ID always comes through, not with names, but with numbers. Yep. I need to go back and look to track the numbers.
2: That's a fine song, though how do you think he was he was sober or drunk definitely not sober and the
0: (laughs) the other thing is he um he called in after that like on a different day with some long diatribe about idolo ferreira and it was 5 30 in the morning oh yeah and it was high energy too just like rant like crazy intensity i couldn't quite follow what he was trying to say which is why i'm not going to play the call but i was like it's (laughs) 5 30 in the morning what the heck dude
2: well the waves were the waves were bad so he was going to work yeah exactly um the
0: things that we get on the listener line i have calls coming through every single day i only obviously play three or four a show but it's like a lot of them i don't play for you guys and you should thank me
2: is it is it a treasure
0: it is kind of, but now it's almost become a, an additional workload. Like I used to look forward to it because there were like, there still are really good calls. But some of them, I'm just like, what the heck? He's just literally <laughs> called. That was two different calls I just played, but I stitched them together. He just called in and gave me a 30 second song one day. And then later calls back. He still got it in his head, but he added new lyrics. Okay. So he calls back and gives it again.
2: Oh, that's really good
0: stuff. It's quite the joy. Well, Chaz, uh, through sickness and in health, you are here with us. Always. Always. What's wrong today?
2: Uh, Just an average cold, I think. The daughter had it, and she is one who... She's one of those ones who, like, really... I'm always proud of the people who play through sickness, who don't just, like, woe is me and moan in bed. And she's really one of those. Like, she will grind it out until she can't grind anymore. And so when she... Ended up in bed all day one day. I thought, uh-oh. Uh, kept testing her for the COVID, of course, and negative, negative, negative. So it wasn't that. Uh, I didn't even think about the possibility of me getting it, but woke up yesterday and thought, uh-oh, times two. Here I go. So yeah, feeling rough. Did you spend the day in bed? No. I taught the noble savages all day. Jeez. And, yeah. And then is it, today, have got a full work day. Is it even an option to spend the day in bed for you? No, I mean, I know. That's, that's a dang thing. I don't know that it doesn't it even make you better. Like, does rest actually make you better? Definitely. You think so? You don't 100%. think it's like playing through? I
0: wasn't sick, but two nights ago, the little, the little boy slept for 11 hours throughout the night. And we kind of needed it desperately at that moment. And I woke up feeling like a brand new human being, you know?
2: I hear you. I hear you that a good night's sleep can be transformative, but I don't know necessarily that uh, staying in bed all day and pampering yourself when sick is leads to any quicker healing. I think
0: so. There is a fine line. We discussed it with Jamie Brissick a little bit where too much self indulgence or coddling and or self loathing has the reverse effect. Yep. So you, you really, yeah, you can get um, restorative rest But you can also go overboard and just start feeling crappy again, oversleep,
2: you know? Being lazy. Yep. I'm excited to get on today's work. That's why I'm bright and early on the podcast. Um,
0: Well, I've got, for a guy who loves headlines and gives us some great ones, I have the best headline of potentially the last five years for you right now.
2: I can't wait to hear it.
0: Quote, Vladimir Putin unites the world.
2: Oh, what a great headline. It's simple, to succinct, the
0: point. to the point. It leaves out the obvious detail, which is they're united against him. But I think that, yeah, that's obvious. So you don't need that in
2: there. But it's it's sort of beautiful that uh, it leaves open the possibility that he's uniting them just out of the goodness of his heart. Altruistically, he's taken the fall. Exactly. He knew the world was divided. All this talk about division, red and blue states, trouble everywhere, covid versus anti-COVID folk he said you know what this world needs is uniting I'm the great uniter crazy
0: never would have expected that headline (laughs) of any of the head I mean we've had some crazy headlines in the last two or three years that is the craziest of them all and it's actually true
2: it's true it is true the world is united
0: in all these other scenarios there's been two sides to every story this is one news story where it's like not a single person has spoken up in support of Russia.
2: Oh man. Oh, I'm going to do that right now.
0: I mean, if we haven't been canceled up until now, I thought we were uncancelable, but this might do it. I mean,
2: let's just be honest here. Let's be real Frank.
0: I'm going to segue. <laughs> Unless you really do have something.
2: I mean, I sort of do. He was goaded into it. The the NATO gave him no chance, no choice but to do it. And then everybody's like wagging their tongues. Um, who's
0: <laughs> like, the what? new writer? Who's the new writer on Beach Crit? John Kennedy? That I've seen. Oh yeah, I don't know.
2: I need to look him up. You don't know either. No. Well, he. Did he I just did. He write about Putin. No,
0: he didn't. I was officially segueing. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: I thought I got away with it for a second. Um, but real
2: quick though, real quick, just for our listeners, remember the remember the Bay of Pigs? Nope. Sure don't. Back to Kennedy. This is a perfect segue. I'm gonna say, <laughs> oh, I'm great. going to raise your segue, a segue. Uh, Bay of Pigs was when Soviet Union tried to put uh, missiles in Cuba, right? Mm-hmm. U.S. said, Kennedy said, not my backyard, and big standoff, et cetera, messy Bay of Pigs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then we had, I mean, Bay of Pigs is a whole different thing, but, or related. Anyhow, nobody wants missiles in their backyard. Ukraine is Russia's backyard. I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay, we'll leave it at that then. Um, back. John, So John Kennedy posted two articles on Beach Grit today, or within the last 24 hours, I'd say. And uh, yeah, they look good. I didn't read them. I was prepping for today's show, and I saw them, and I thought maybe you would have some insights into them, but uh, I'll get on that later today. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the fold. <laughs> you want to hear listener feedback?
2: Yes, I do. All
0: right. Hey, David Lee and Chaz, as one of your four female listeners... I would like to commend you on your last two episodes. This actually came through a week or two ago, so it was probably three or four episodes ago. But I absolutely loved listening to you talk about the Women's World Tour. This was right after Pipeline. Bulldozing down the wall of positive noise by encouraging another Tati slash Moana smackdown was amazing. They totally missed the opportunity for Tati to pull on a black pull on her black wetsuit as her fellow Kauaian did back in the day and battle Moana wearing white. Tati is my favorite surfer on the women's side because she gets into fights on the beach, rips in big waves, and will fearlessly take on any wildcard or vet on tour. Tati encapsulates the scrappiness that it takes to be a girl shortboarder. We all wish we could rip and be genuinely nice like Carissa, but instead we find ourselves screaming at someone in the lineup for getting in our way because we are um, in anger rage after changing birth control pills because our husband won't get a vasectomy. Just kidding. kidding. That didn't happen to me. Just one of my close friends. Anyways, if you're a female shortboarder and you actually get waves and you're a scrapper or you have a dad or boyfriend blocking for you, uh, if you are the second, then you know who you are and you know what it was to be aggressively cut off uh, by a dude last year. Sorry, this is kind of all running together. A little spat on the beach is probably just the tip of the iceberg for the women's tour. Do you think that Tati feels pressure from the WSL or sponsors to keep a a squeaky clean image? Or do you think that some women on tour dial it down, dial down the drama due to expectations from the WSL to keep things kind of girl power? Also, um, daring to question the Goliaths in the sports, such as Jesse Miley Dyer or Tyler Wright was much appreciated. I loved how concerned you were with being respectful towards Tyler while discussing her constant complaining and distaste for her turns in a world of cancel culture. Your humor will be what gets us through. I mean, when Chaz said that he wanted Tyler Wright to call in and comment on vasectomies, I almost spit out my coffee all over my windshield. <laughs> Brava, Keep up the good work. Nolani on the big Island of Hawaii.
2: Uh, well, thank you so much for the note. And yeah, regarding the, um, I think the girl power thing, I just think the WSL, they don't know how to tell stories, right? That's why the WSL studios got canceled. They could have looked at this whole thing. They're on the guy's side too, but said, hey, we're gonna tell compelling true stories. Uh, but no, they chose to tell fake stories. And so I'm sure that Tati, I think being a villain, nobody really, very few people want that, right? I think especially, right. especially pro athletes, but totally. the world Surf league should create an environment where, Hey, one of you guys has, to. we can't just have everyone be good guys here. One of you guys has to rise up. And that's why Andy and Kelly, we still talk about it with crazy reverence is because we had a theoretical, good guy and a th- theoretical bad guy. Right. Or yeah. two, two, I won't even say good or bad, just two diametrically opposed personalities or personality types that, that, uh, though you know people could collate around and coalate coalesce around and uh feel themselves in that right where they could have easily pushed that on the girl side and yeah they have a kind of a natural one and or a way natural one and let it go.
0: When we say villain we're not saying invading a neighboring country villain you know or stealing uh the other person's secrets or whatever the, this this version of villain, like the Andy villain was just contrary to what we had known to be a professional surfer or known to be a, I don't know, a competitive or athletic surfer for the years that came before. And so all, so WSL doesn't need to brand them that way. All that they need to do is have the commentators speak openly and honestly about these people's personalities. And so if one of the commentators in the booth just said, hey, remember last year when these two girls got into a fight on the beach? And it looked like Tati was the one who was in the wrong in that moment. And Moana kind of gave her a dressing down. Let's see where that battle picks up now. That's enough because then everybody starts talking about it outside. The WSL isn't creating the narrative. They're just commenting on what's happening. All of us outside of the WSL then run with it. And then the two athletes have a decision for how they want to lean into it or not. And ultimately, I think Tati would be wise to do exactly what our listeners said and just kind of like own it like, hey, I'm from this island where this is uh, culturally part of our legacy. We've got Andy Irons. We've got Dustin Barca. We've got the Wolf Pack. You know, this is part of who I grew up around and who I've, how I've learned to operate. And so, yeah, this is how I operate in the world. All she has to do is lean into it. And then her she becomes singular now. Now she stands apart from everybody else on tour. And then next time commentators are in the booth, that's part of the narrative. That's part of the storyline.
2: I mean, again, it makes perfect sense to me. Also, again, it's why WSL Studios cratered, right? And is going to continue like their broadcast. will now. now that they're out of the content game, their broadcast will continue to suffer, I think from just a lack of any storyline other than kind of, They'll lean into a competitive storyline in terms of, you know, this athlete has beat this athlete at this wave, but that's as deep as it goes.
0: How crazy is it though, that they set up these storylines of, um, we're going to put a wild card into an event. Why would you possibly do that? Well, it's because the greatest possible thing to happen would be this underdog taking down the world champs. Then it actually happens. Now you've got this wild card sitting on the throne and then they don't invite
2: them into Europe. The the Moana, the Moana jones long. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, jones Yeah, Jones-Wong. Jo- yeah, Jones-Wong. Yeah. yeah, it's really dang confusing this one. Uh, is for the life of me, I cannot and do not understand how she did not get a uh, invite. I got it, somebody, who was it? somebody great a surf photographer i think eric ipple you know eric ipple know of yeah a legendary surf photographer called me up and said she uh i think was expecting it uh and then the draw had just gotten released and she wasn't on it and he he wasn't actually sure if she was not or if he was reading the draw wrong or whatever so look into it this is a couple of days ago so i or a couple of weeks ago i guess now week ago something yeah time ago uh so i did a classic quick story, right? Thinking, I don't even know if I'm right here. Maybe she is there. Uh, The fact that she wasn't actually shocked me too, even after writing the story. thinking, wait, you're really not going to invite the number three surfer in the world? Of course, you got to have Tia Blanco or whatever in there for her. But how many many wild cards is Tia Blanco guaranteed from Ultimate Surfer? And so pick some other way. I'm sorry about it. Like, you got to allow Moana to continue to vie for the title, right? If she blows it in, if she's in, I mean, my argument would be if she blows it in Portugal, she doesn't have to come back anymore, right? Invite her to Tahiti maybe, or some other heavy waves, see, see what she does. But if she totally scrubs it in Portugal, then okay, she had a chance, but not to give her a chance is, I don't know, I literally well, don't it's understand. Stepping, it's stepping
0: on their own toes. They created this scenario where we all now know and love Moana. She won the first event of the year this is their dream scenario. So they've put this thing up front and center for all of us to follow and push push for and root for, and then just stepped, pulled her aside. And Jesse, Jesse Miley Dyer's quote uh, regarding why Tia's taking that wild card spot was, Tia's wild cards were decided in collaboration with our general partners in looking through our different sponsor commitments. She will have the wild cards at J Bay, El Salvador, and Portugal. So this was decided probably before the Moana story developed. But this also shows to me like the really diffused lack of focus of the tour. By having a reality show that could undercut the main product, which is the world tour, is problematic. And then so you have to then prioritize those if you're the business and say, yeah, we do our three wild cards, but we're now going to pivot. We are going to adjust because we're running with this storyline that is kind of the most important storyline of the season.
2: And I guarantee whatever sponsors, you know, were involved in where they wanted Tia Blanco to be, I'm sure, clearly would have been Tia sponsors, would have been happy if the WSL would have said, hey, we're going to give you some extra, you know, airtime or whatever, because we got to just yeah. hit slot one here. We'll get, you know, Tia's obviously going to have, we'll, honor those three, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I'm sure, like just the, a, a corpo speak, uh, reaction from Jesse Miley is exactly kind of what the world surf league has just become, right? It's this
0: it corpo
2: speak. We have, we have to, you know, our partners, we have to honor blah, 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 Right. Instead of just saying, Oh man, dang it. We have a number three in the world who, We're basically going to, I mean, not competing in Portugal clips Moana's chances to even try for the title, right?
0: Yeah. Well, honestly, I think based on the amount of points she's already accumulated, she's made the mid-year cut, but she might not even be included past the mid-year. Yeah. And by the way, Tia Blanco already lost in Portugal last night.
2: Oh, did they run last night?
0: Yeah, it's running right now. They're running the men's opening round right now they this very moment men's are in oh, the water I gotta so, get it up on beach grid oh shoot can you when wait they till they we're done recording
2: uh yeah
0: i mean they started um a few hours at 4 a.m our time because they ran all the opening round of the women and the elimination round that's how tia got cut and now opening round of the men
2: okay well sorry about <laughs> it. sorry about a beach grit. um but
0: so whether tia lost there or not it doesn't really matter Um, I think the one other option is again, if they were focused on the main thing, which is the tour and had a very precise focus that everything else funneled through Jesse's response wouldn't have been corporate Jesse's response would have been like, Hey, the rules are, if you're a wild card, you get entry into one event. It doesn't matter if you win that event or not. And if you want to come to Portugal, you have to qualify for Portugal through the QS series. Hey, sorry, Moana, get in line and try this, try on the QS series. And we'll see you next year in Portugal. If you do well enough, you know, and all of us would shut up and be like, you're right. The rules are the rules, (laughs) but the fact that they bend the rules for themselves at different times and then shift the rules and then add a reality show that now creates a new rule. That's going to undercut the rule that we've known all like, it's insane.
2: Yeah. It's really, truly ridiculous.
0: Truly ridiculous. Do you are you able to publish that article real quickly because we could pause this if you want to go to that real quick? It'll take
2: me five minutes. Take it. Is that enough? Okay, I'll be yeah. literally right back. Okay, welcome back. So sorry.
0: No, it's all good. I'm glad that we discussed it.
2: No kidding. Those beach group people would have been mad.
0: Kelly's getting smoked right now
2: by, by Poopo,
0: by Sammy Pupo and Emai Kalani DeVault.
2: I just saw the uh, – for two seconds, how do the waves look? Is uh, it kind of
0: It's a little windy, but ramps on the left. So everybody's going left, and the two young bucks did, like, full rotation errors to get eight-point rides.
2: Ooh, and Kelly did not.
0: Kelly is trying, and it's really awkward looking.
2: Uh, I did a uh, a have a rumor on Kelly real quick.
0: Yeah, let's hear it.
2: Apparently – what I heard, the reason he's competing and doing the whole season and trying is he really, really, really wants to get on the Olympic team. Oh, that's his, that's his, his primary motivation, not hmm. another world title. I like it. So, so, all he'd have to be is look at the crop of Americans, right? Like, yeah. all he'd have to be is top two American. And that's not necessarily a crazy long shot.
0: Well, John, John and John, John, Kaloi and Griffin.
2: Sure. I mean, there's people there ahead of him, of course, but in terms he of winning the world in, he, in terms of winning a world title versus being the second best American points wise.
0: Yeah. He could finish ahead of those guys on the rankings this year. Um, and the good news is it's at Chopu, right? So that's exactly. kind of what he's
2: focused on. Exactly. Well, that's, yeah. That's I like brutal. it. That's,
0: that's the secret to success is like having these short-term goals that you're constantly working towards. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's a practical one for him. Yep. All right. You want to go back to the listener line? Let's do it.
1: Brados gentlemen. C to the J. Hey, um,
0: C to the J is who this is. <laughs>
1: First of all, real quick, what made me think of it, I'm actually in my car driving um, back from Ocala. Got my spicy boiled peanuts, Um, the grit just ended, and um, the whole sponsorship thing. So I was thinking, we're talking about vodka, trying to get another sponsors, and then Beach Grit always does like, you know, someone selling a house or buying a house, it happens normally to be in australia buyer bay but i was thinking dude what if the hobgood team and then that guy calling in the other day filling the full gloss my way i was like wow uh, but hey boys what do you think about hobgood team real estate sponsoring um whenever you guys do some uh grit uh yeah stuff like that so that's I don't know. It's long in the teeth. You don't need to play this one over. Chop it up. Um, but yeah, that's what I was thinking about. And this is the only way to communicate anyways. Scales, Chaz. Oh, and the book writing. Book uh, book club genius, dude. Um, all right. Yeah. Over
0: now. out. Outro. <laughs> do you have any <laughs> idea what that was? Or do you need me to translate? <laughs> no, I got it. I got
2: it. Yeah, I love it. I love the idea. Derek is on Cret regularly reports on the purchase and sales of various beachfront homes, uh, surf adjacent homes usually. Uh, For example, a recent one that made me laugh until I almost cried. I had to read it so many times just to enjoy, just to savor each bit. Did you read the uh, Jonah Hill moving to Waikiki post? No, no. It is is worth going back to read. But anyway, Jonah is selling his windowless monolith Uh, In Malibu, how Derek describes it, and moving, apparently, to Waikiki. But then they erased the part of moving to Waikiki in the Instagram post. And so, yeah, funny. The whole thing is funny. But anyhow, there's a regular feature on Beach Grit, And to CJ's idea, absolutely yes. These are going to be brought to everyone. We could even talk about the best or worst home sold. uh, Let's, let's, Let's make it official right now. CJ Hobgood
0: com Team Hobgood is an official sponsor of a uh, yet to be determined segment on the Grit. Bring to
2: you, the best and worst property. Who has the best surf Who has the worst? I think uh, somebody just sold. Who was it? Oh, that was another guy. It doesn't
0: even have to be real estate. We could just discuss the best properties. You know, it might be. Um, uh an asset that somebody owns that is not
2: real estate. It's true, like Joel Parkinson's wife's car. Exactly. Whoever owns that now is pretty lucky. Exactly. Um, So CJ
0: Hobgood has listings from Melbourne to Merritt Island to Cape Canaveral. And who would you rather buy or sell a home from, Chaz? Uh,
2: CJ Hobgood, Team Hobgood. You and I, every time time we go to uh, Florida, with Mount Warshaw, not usually often.
1: not often there's, enough.
2: There's, but there's every time, not definitely not often enough. But every time we do, there's always conversation. I wouldn't mind living here. This ain't so bad. Right in the zone where Team Hobgood sells their houses. So, highly recommend if you're a Florida doubter, head on down, head on down to Florida. Just check out some home prices. Anybody can afford to live there. Everybody can afford to live there.
0: I can't afford to live in Southern California. I could live in a mansion in Florida.
2: Yep. And um, who would you buy your mansion from?
0: The one and only Team Hobgood. By the way, do you know who is on Team Hobgood with CJ? Team Hobgood, I think, consists of his wife, correct? Yeah,
2: Courtney. Yep. Yeah, That's Courtney an all-star Hobgood. duo. Who And Courtney Hobgood is electric. Absolutely.
0: She's probably the brains and the brawn behind Team Hobgood, let's be yep. honest. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, on CJ Realtor to the Stars bucket list. Would you like to know? I yes. did some research on our new sponsor, Team Hobgood. Yes. CJ Hobgood's bucket list. He wants to be, become a pilot. Ooh. He wants to complete an ultra marathon, hundred miler plus an
2: Ironman. Whoa! Siege. These are good traits in a realtor. I mean, that's what you want. You want somebody working nonstop around the clock for you <laughs> um,
0: on on betterment of themselves as well. Um, and then, would you like to hear his favorite quote? Yes. Quote: "The most important thing about a man is not what he does; it is who he becomes." End quote.
2: Who-. who Who said that? Quote:
0: uh, "The one and only Benjamin Franklin."
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not really. Uh, Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard.
2: <laughs> okay, Dallas Willard.
0: Uh, how Don't you love, though, the fact that nowadays um, dudes are shamelessly have a steadfast dedication to being a good family man? Oh, yeah. Like the fact that that's the quote that CJ picked and that if you ever ask him about anything, it's all about dedication to being a father and a husband. When I was growing up, that was not the vibe. That was not the theme. Everybody was trying hard to be a badass. And like, whether or not they were ignoring their personal obligations in real life, they certainly didn't profess a passion for them publicly. Yes. Right?
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't remember being a good father, good husband, but not being a wimp about it. Like not because I feel that there was in the early 2000s, maybe like the whole promise keeper. I don't want to make people mad, but like the promise keepers thing, you know, whatever, like where we're going to be good men and do good stuff. It was way too much like spotlight shined on what they wanted to be and how they wanted like how they were all of a sudden being a good father and a good husband. While that became performative where it feels now. CJ blasted a light on it. He just as an example, CJ just out there being a good father and good husband. Right. Exactly. Where yeah. I feel I feel I know multiple of those guys now where it is. You can tell by where they spend their time and where they spend their energy that that is the focus of their lives. But they're not like out with a bullhorn talking about what great fathers and husbands they are.
0: Well, it was the opposite. When I was a kid, it was I know what you're talking about with the promise keepers thing. But the guys that you venerated were actively Ignoring, I think their obligations, or like Clint Eastwood, let's say from Hollywood, just like this macho bravado—that's what it's all about. You never hear mention about his wife and kids. If you research it now, which I have, he's got eight kids from seven different women. You know what I mean? (laughs) But that's who we venerated, and even the athletes—the athletes that we venerated—all had a bunch of kids from a bunch of different women, and you know, just were total philanderers and stuff. So I appreciate. No, I should have. <laughs>
2: I wonder if Tom Selleck was just a low-key, great family guy. Could have been. Yeah. That would make like, sense to me. The ones, because there are the ones like uh, Paul Newman, married yeah. to Married great Forever. So, yeah. yeah. Joanne. John Woodward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, there are, were the sneaky ones that you didn't necessarily expect, but yeah.
0: Good on good on CJ, our new sponsor, cjhobgood.com. Hey, um, I've seen. You know, we grew up in an era where Paul Newman was old. By the time yeah. we kind of were paying attention, if you ever look back on footage of Paul He's Newman like from his early films, man who
2: ever walked the face of the earth,
0: it's remarkable.
2: It's yeah. crazy how handsome that dude was. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, let's do another listener line call.
1: Hey, David Lee and Chaz, Matt in Upstate New York, uh, just finished listening to the last episode where you talked about flushing the toilet and, and everything with your foot. I uh, just want to say I, I work in a laboratory, and all of our bathrooms, the toilets, the, and the sinks, are all operated with, like, foot levers, um, which is super cool, and I agree it should be the uh, should be the standard everywhere. You should never have to touch any of that stuff with your hands. Um, anyway, big fan of the show. Chaz, big fan of your books. Can't wait for the new one. Um, keep up the
2: work.
0: Well, the work is being up.
2: See exactly if they, if they can put those in a laboratory in upstate New York can they not put them at my local Chevron station
0: I think they're going to be the the norm I've seen them
2: occasionally I have too occasionally
0: very occasional not not frequent enough and I think that they will be the norm in this post-covid era
2: I let's just hope I mean we yeah. should we should do a big public service campaign for it just so we can take credit when foot levers sweep the nation sweep the world um
0: how would it be if you were the one dude in the laboratory who doesn't know that foot levers actually have a name <laughs> and yep. they're known as pedals to everyone else? <laughs> I mean, the fact that you work in a laboratory already makes you sound like you're really um, intelligent, you know, or like uh, you're doing something pretty important, but you're, you don't even know the word pedal.
2: Pedal. But is it a pedal or is it a lever? I, I, bet, I don't is exactly. I I bet a pedal does something uh, functionally different. Like there's yeah. a different motion to a pedal than a lever. He's probably right. Is a pedal? A lever? I should never. A I should lever. never
0: argue. I should never argue with somebody who works in a laboratory. Um, yeah. Wouldn't you love to be able to say that you work in a laboratory? Yeah. Whoa. He didn't even, he didn't say what kind. I mean, he could be doing like making crystal meth or something, yeah. but the fact that it's called a laboratory, I'm just like, holy cow, this guy's important. We've got some important listeners.
2: Well, I picture, I picture him going to that bathroom in like one of those white Tyvek suits zip up all the way, slamming his foot down on the toilet. Like that's a good there's luck. a deep
0: decam chamber, decontamination yep. chamber before he goes in. And when he exits, of course, exactly. <sighs> yeah. Puff of air and if exactly and if they're using foot levers we should all be using foot everyone levers. absolutely foot lever. Um,
2: all right. really next about foot lever.
0: this listener line call uh was supposed to be a barrel or gnaw but i've got other barrel gnaws that are better so we can just discuss this one
1: yeah boys doing the work this is alejandro down in san diego um Got two barrel or nausea wanting to quit surfing, which sounds insane. But there's also part of me that goes, hmm, I want to go live in Italy or Europe, like France, or just somewhere else very different that speaks a different language that has nothing to do with surfing and be more like a normal person that isn't just addicted to the ocean. I'm sure some listeners will hear this and be like, what are you talking about? But I also know Chaz and David are both men of finer tastes and (laughs) unashamedly talk about it on the podcast. So keep up doing doing the work.
0: Uh, Quitting surfing. Thoughts on this. Have you ever considered
2: it? I mean like yes not like not quitting in terms of uh like here i'm living in cardiff by the sea and i'm going to quit surfing because that's silly surf is right here right it's a great thing to do i love it blahdy blah -blah. go on and on about surfing the joys of surfing but if i had opportunity to move to paris or rome or which i hope to have someday in the near future i wouldn't even think twice about it like surfing would not even begin to factor in like if i was asked to move somewhere crap that i thought was crap like if okay you got to move to not that this is crap and forgive me anyone who lives in kansas city but if somebody said you got to move to kansas city then i might think uh you know it's kind of a bummer to leave the surf and all that if i was going to move some phenomenal world capital yeah i wouldn't literally would not think twice a b i think matt warshaw literally moved or I mean, this wasn't his whole thing, but I think Matt Warshaw moved to Seattle. The surfing historian himself moved to Seattle to get away from the everyday addiction of surfing. And now goes on like two surf trips a year, three or whatever he does. But like surfing is no no longer part of his daily life.
0: Yeah, I understand what Alejandro is talking about and what Matt Warshaw wanted to do, which was like release the addiction but um you don't give it up matt still surfs and if you and the funny thing the funny thing is alejandro picked two examples italy or france where there's actually waves like you can move to france live the amazing life and still surf uh and they're adjacent to great waves too in portugal and spain and elsewhere but um I would never think of it as giving it up. I think what happens as you get older is you don't need the daily dose. Like I can go str- longer stretches now without surfing because I have so many other things in my life that give me a dose of dopamine. And then when I do go surfing, it's actually more meaningful and it has a longer lasting effect than it used to have when I was going daily.
2: I mean, which I think also, once a surfer, always a surfer, right? Like, I mean, unless you really are thinking, I hate this now, and I don't want to do it anymore, then sure, then you quit. But as long as you still like surfing, you don't have to be like your daily, I mean, I suppose, like you just said, your daily practice is not what defines you. And, And others don't define you either. Like, you surf because you like to surf, right? And even if that means you've not surfed for six months, but you will when the opportunity arises. And
0: I think what I Alejandro identified, I would be curious what his age is. I would bet that he's like turning 30 or he's kind of right in his early 30s because I think we all address that quandary in life where you start feeling guilty because you're not surfing as much. And so he's wording it as quitting surfing. It's not quitting surfing. It's something that we all go through as our priorities shift through life. Um, Another thing that he said was, you know, to quote, live like a normal person, I would argue that is not what you want. And that is so highly overrated. And uh, there's so many unhappy and aimless people. And I would argue that the unhappiness is directly related to being aimless. And so having driving passion in your life is possibly the single biggest key to success in life. And if that passion is uh, holistic or athletic in the way that surfing is, even better. But it doesn't have to be that. You could just be passionate about anything and that gives you purpose in life. That thing doesn't have to be a career. It doesn't have to bring home money, but you'll be... If you're inclined by passion and you're driven by that and you're wired that way, you'll be a better earner of money. You will be a better lover to your spouse. You will be better at all the things having passion is what keeps the blood coursing
2: through your veins. Well, and I think, I think also that surfing seems like it, it is so demanding in terms of a passion, right? That it, it has to overwhelm others. It just, it's time consuming and you gotta be, you know, it's, sort of climate dependent and stuff. So you gotta be always checking swells and bloody, blah, bloody, blah, blah, blah. I think surfing can be woven into a beautifully full, rich life, right? Without being the primary thing that you're doing. Like you can be passionate about surfing. You can be pursuing surfing. But I read some uh, story recently about like, I don't know, it was in some retirement magazine. I have no idea why I was even reading it. But some <laughs> dude was talking about his high school buddies who retired in La Jolla, right? I think he went to La Jolla High School. and. They were just surf bum, living the surf bum life, and how awesome that was, right? He went off and did something else, but this guy just took over his mom's house after she died and just surfs all day, right? That sounds like absolute crap to me, too. Like, having surf be the thing you did for your life uh, sounds un- unchill. If you, like, just take over your mom's La Jolla house and just keep surfing every day at, you know, Bird Rock, then, okay, that's great for you, I guess. I am more ambition than that, personally. Yeah, is woven in there yeah but doesn't doesn't supersede
0: yeah there's like uh i don't know who came up with the analogy but you know a vase and you put rocks in it and you start with the big you can't put all the pebbles and gravel in first because there will be no room for the big rocks the big rocks go in first and then the sand or the pebbles and the gravel fill in all the gaps And that sand or gravel is surfing like it's phenomenal. And it's a great way to add value and meaning to all the rest of your life. But you got to put the big rocks in first, which are, you know, different for everybody, but family for a lot of, for CJ Hobgood, they're being a husband and a father.
2: And the greatest real estate agent this world has ever known, or at least Florida.
0: That's one of the medium-sized rocks uh <laughs> <laughs> marathoning is a smaller rock uh all right well we addressed that for alejandro alejandro don't fret just reprioritize or reword nope. the messaging
2: in you're your you're not head. quitting you're not quitting. Nope.
0: nope um okay bring us up to speed on the floods in australia and how surfing is involved
2: catastrophic floods on the gold gold coast in australia Uh, swollen rivers dead cows floating down those rivers into the oceans being feasted on by sharks surf stars mick uh fanning and joel parkinson using their skis to ferry stranded folk out of homes it's like wild like when i first i read the first story i was like whoa but then like the flood get it the flood of stories that uh followed i realized how like it is like way damaging way serious it's like fairly catastrophic it's
0: insane did you did you yep. see the imagery of the mcdonald's
2: i did but was that real yeah are you sure it was real there's so I'm, much i have such doubt when i see photos now as we all should there's such a like abundance now of just photoshop garbage that gets repurposed as real Well, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily thinking it was fake. It's just seemed like if that whole McDonald's was that far underwater, then unless that McDonald's is like the only building in a sort of deep Valley. then
0: it's by the, that McDonald's is by the water because the photo that I saw, uh, on a sunny day showed the water in the background. So it makes sense it's at sea level and there was 14 meters of water, which I guess is close to 45 feet. And so it yeah. makes sense. That's a 50 foot sign and it's 45 feet buried.
2: I mean, but just like McDonald's usually don't exist in, you know, all by themselves. So what else was around? I mean, was that a little community that got fully buried or what was it?
0: Yeah. And there were, the other imagery was two story buildings where the roof is the only thing showing.
2: I mean, it's wild. It is wild. Like the,
0: it's, it's hard to even fathom.
2: It's it really is. Like the first, again, typically, I, I suppose being a Southern Californian for the last twenty odd years, like I think of flooding as like a river, you know, L.A. River kind of breaching and splashing into the street. And yeah. so then I read the first story about Mick and Joel on their skis saving people, and I was like, oh, it's cute. They're you know, kind of going down the flooded street, but like the the amount of damage and the depth. And the, yeah, the, the breadth of that flooding is um, yeah. Thoughts it's, and prayers to those on the gold coast.
0: It's unfathomable. And that's why you and I can't even like why we're trying to create some like a Photoshop scenario because it's unfathomable. Yeah. Um. But what, so this is, what's a pretty Epic story is that's happening. And those guys who have experience with the water and the actual vehicles, you know, uh, tinnies or PWCs, they're like, let's go out there and help. Joel Parkinson said, quote, we probably rescued about 30 to 40 people each, as well as six dogs, three cats, and some chickens. We went to one farmhouse that I thought was a one story. The water was so high, but it was actually two stories. And I was jet skiing over there, over their cars to get them. So their cars are fully submerged. He said, we yelled out, is someone home? And this four-year-old kid in a life jacket answered the door from the second story. We grabbed him, his mom, his dog, and we got them all out of there. Another guy was up in a tree house with all of his supplies waiting for help.
2: I mean, it's crazy. It is totally crazy. And yeah, good on good on them for getting out. They had the tools. Yeah. They went. There. I was wondering, there was pictures of uh, Mick Fanning ferrying people on his Red Bull ski. Uh, his re- and I'm sure Red Bull, you know, gave him that ski or whatever a while ago. How stoked is Red Bull uh, for like the, the wonderful shoulder bounce they get from Mick Fanning rescuing people on his Red Bull branded ski? Gives you wings. It does. It's given, uh, given the people of the Gold Coast wings. It totally wings.
0: does. Yeah. So um, the story that you alluded to earlier was that in the midst of all of that pandemonium, Joel Parkinson comes home to find his garage door open and his wife's car stolen
2: Car gone. Uh, That's funny that the, you know, I've spent, I don't know, probably two, maybe three weeks total on the gold coast uh, in Kulangata. Have you done hard Kulangata yards? Two weeks total. Yeah. So, you know, you don't really know a place after two weeks, like, but the uh, comments on beach grit from Derek's, uh, on down of just what a meth-addled uh, backwards junk hole it can be. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. you. Sorry, sorry. Uh, made me think. Oh wow, yeah. Like you never know, right? Like at first blush, kind of Gold Coast, cool and got all that seems pretty paradisey. Oh yeah. You know, beautiful, great surf, good weather. But yeah, apparently it's not. Well, um, Joel,
0: earlier in that story, Joel Parkinson gave a litany of experiences that he's had there, negative experiences from getting bashed in the head with a bottle to getting beaten up on another occasion to, I seem like, getting in an argument with his girlfriend, the police coming over, pulling his girlfriend aside and saying, hey, do you want us to beat him oh, up yeah. for yeah. you? That was, we'll rough him up for you yeah oh that was derek's story that was okay. derek's
2: experience of living on the gold coast
0: yeah so it's uh but it's kind of insane that during the midst of like the pandemonium of the floods there's opportunists looking for ways
2: to benefit. Smart from that's who you want on team hobgood
0: <laughs> that's what was happening remember when during the beginning of the pandemic everybody's wearing masks so people just start robbing places because they're like, hey, I've got a mask on. So I don't look suspicious wearing a mask into this place. I'm going to rob it now. And it's like the world is falling apart. This, poten- this business is potentially going to go out of business. They're struggling to figure out how to navigate this thing. And you're going to kick them while they're down. These yep. are the dregs of society.
2: Yeah. Or the ones we need to be hiring and putting in high power jobs to help steer us to better times.
0: They're also the people, also the people running the banking system. (laughs) Yeah. You, you talked about, um, the WSL studio shuttering. We broke that rumor last week. Has that proven to be
2: fact yet? Yes, it's fact. Uh, I, I don't know how the beach grit getting out in front of the story affected their rollout. I haven't seen anything official from them, but have talked to people who have since been let go from that department.
0: Bummer. I was waiting for a press release or something, and they've never said a word, so I didn't know if. Uh... But then I guess, would you even write a press release about closing a studio?
2: I mean, I think they probably. Who knows? They might have had something on the boil. I know that it was supposed to get out. Again, I published the story on Wednesday, and they were supposed to do something on Friday. Uh, theoretically, you know, it would have been. I'm sure. Stand like the World Sur- after wild success with its WSL Studios. The World Surf League is. You know moving to bigger better things or however they would have spun it but once it got spun for them uh i wonder if you just scrap the whole thing and quietly go on your way i think that uh i do believe that the person in charge of any kind of content they have now on the site or as part of the property is underneath the tours uh the tours banner so That makes sense
0: because they still need to produce lots of interstitial content for the events themselves,
2: but it'll all be there. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Uh, Shall we go to commercial break and then we'll come back with true grit and barrel or not. Let's do it. Hey Chaz. uh, Not only does athletic greens provide you health and wellness, it provides you warmth. By virtue of the sweater that you're wearing right now,
2: you want to know the only way that I'm sitting here with you right now? The only way. Woke up this morning feeling awful, feeling terrible, got a bug, don't like it, don't want it. Stumbled downstairs, shook myself up, and Athletic Greens, an AG one. Now here I am, being funny, being charming, supporting Vladimir Putin as he. Yeah, go
0: on. As he how are you supporting him?
2: As he unites, as he unites the world. Uh supporting his uniting of the world. Exactly. And yeah, I felt a pep in my step as soon as that green organic goodness hit my lips.
0: Remember, I was talking about those building blocks with you prioritize in life, you put the big boulders in the vase. The Athletic Greens is also that sand that you add in to fill in all the gaps and power you through. Uh, It fills in your nutritional gaps and powers you through.
2: I saw an ad from Athletic Greens the other day, AG1, just yesterday, talked about all the benefits. We talk about them all the time here. But to see it in print, to see all the great things it does from, uh, I think it's like good for your hair, good for your skin, good for your digestion. Man, I was thinking, I didn't even know how good this was.
0: Yeah, well, you've been benefiting for months now, maybe close to a year, and now you know. Um, AG1 is what we're calling it, but it's athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal. I would like to say that they can go there and get merch, but I don't think they even sell the merch. That sweater that you have right there is strictly because you are a partner, but uh, they can wish that they
2: can get that merch. They sure can. They can go on and drink it. and dream of getting this merch.
0: athleticgreens.com surf. Do
2: it today. When you're hiring for a
0: small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Chaz, uh, welcome back to the show. I got an email or a DM from a listener this morning who had previously told me that they got that outer known catalog that you got in their junk mail, this land, what will end up in a landfill from a sustainable company. He just today got not one, but three new catalogs for Kelly Slater's endorphins.
1: Oh, great.
0: So Kelly Slater's new, new fast
2: mail business. And
0: not only is he mailing it, he mailed three copies to this one listener.
2: My goodness gracious me. Okay, this is another story. Kelly, world's greatest mass mailer.
0: Crazy, right? I'll send you this if you want. I mean, um, the whole
2: point of endorphins, too, is that they float, no damage reefs, etc. But doesn't, like, die full, I could be wrong here. Uh, I'm no environmentalist. But doesn't, like, full bleed die on catalog? Isn't that bad for reefs, too? Absolutely.
0: I'm no environmentalist. I'm saying absolutely. No question. (laughs) Uh, At any rate, let's go to True Grit. I've got two headlines of your own that I'm going to read to you. You tell me whether they are True Grit or clickbait crap.
1: Let's do it.
0: Quote, question, semicolon, is two-time world champion, currently retired Brazilian, Gabriel Medina, a high renaissance masterpiece, question mark,
2: I would invite people here to go look at Gabriel Medina's feet. Zoom it in. I zoom it in kind of. You need to zoom in even more and compare it to the, I think it is his left foot. I think it's his left foot. Uh, And compare it to the left foot of Michelangelo's David. They are identical. Did you zoom in?
0: No, I did not. But just for clarity, this is a story you wrote about Gabriel Medina's left foot.
2: Yeah. This is a story about i studied it it's funny i was sitting there looking at the picture of derek wrote a couple of days about how gabriel medina and his sister are back hanging out uh which they were not i don't or not that they weren't hanging out but his sister is coached by charlie medina the uh gabriel's uh, old coach and so yeah so maybe some rift, some family rift being being repaired uh I looked at that picture and thought, cute, and then was drawn immediately towards Gamer Medina's left foot and thought, wait, I've seen that somewhere. So <laughs> you did closer and closer till I realized that is Michelangelo's masterpiece, of The David. Wow.
0: That yeah. is quite. I mean, you were doing hard journalism.
2: I was, I was. I thought about not writing it, uh, because I I thought of it before Matt George wrote his seminal piece comparing Snapper rocks to Dante's Purgatorio. Uh which I don't think went over well in Beach Grit's, <laughs> Grit's commentary. So then I thought, oh, maybe, yeah. But then it was just too. the similarities between Guillermo left foot and the David's left foot was too, it overwhelmed me where I just had to put it out. So I'm going to say it's I not, think- but I'm going to leave this one up to the reader. You can okay. stare at it. You tell me if it's not identical.
0: An Instagram poll is the right venue for this question.
2: Okay, let's do it. I I can't do an Instagram poll anymore.
0: Dude, I meant to lead the show by asking you about that. What the heck?
2: Isn't it crazy? It's kind of crazy. So so, uh, what is the story here? I mean, so Beach Grit had an Instagram account, uh, 115,000 strong. It wasn't our, you know, biggest thing. Then, you know, Derek and I would just do it for fun. But never once, not once did we have a warning of copyright infringement. Not once did we have something, usually... I've had another account, Reports From Hell. Remember Reports From Hell back in the day? That thing, I think, had 180,000. And I would get repeated warnings of, like, copyright stuff. And I would always just claim that I had this footage was mine or whatever. I ignored it and didn't care. You know, and it took months and months and months. And then they finally disappeared it. it seemed suspicious to me that the Cell might have had something to do with it. But I also just thought, well, whatever. You know, I was, whatever. Beachgrit's not never gotten one warning, not anything. I just logged on one day and it's deactivated. It's done, disappeared, deleted. Or So I don't know if it was poking Zuck. I don't know what it was. We didn't just
0: completely they completely canceled the account with 115,000 followers without
2: without one word of why or one like warning of you guys are doing something wrong. I have no Violating. idea. Yeah, I have no idea what policy they thought we were violating. Insane. Yeah, so, I mean, the fact that people think that they're in a public space of free speech, again, perpetually reminded, you are absolutely not. This is a, you know, crazy dictatorship. Uh, oh, it's a business. Use it. Yeah, use it, have fun. But also, this is not free speech. But those who want can go to the New account. Beach Grit, Beach Dot Grit. It used to be Beach Grit underscore Grit. Beach underscore Grit. Now it's Beach Dot Grit.
0: Yeah, well, I'm wondering if, uh, like why even try to play the game? Why even create a new account? You know where we should be transitioning all of our work is onto Twitter where yeah, the founder the founder follows and loves. Jack Dorsey tweeted out my uh, podcast with Alex Gray a month or two ago. Saying beautiful conversation, so he listened to that. He's tweeted out beach Grid articles in the past. So we have a friend in Jack Dorsey.
2: It's time to get on Twitter. It's really true. I keep meaning to, but I forgot the language of Twitter. I guess Twitter does photos now too, huh? Yeah. So you could treat Twitter, Twitter, kind of like. Yeah, it's true. I should just you. Leave you can,
0: go. but you're you're totally right. There is a language that exists there. There's a, um, yeah, like a uh, I don't know what a tone to yeah, twitter I that you really to, need to understand and know
2: i used to be able to speak it fluently yeah building yeah. up Jamie o'briens but yeah i forgot it
0: okay well that's something to consider yep. um the other question back to your true grit question gabriel medina you mentioned his coach charlie is charlie the most successful surf coach of all time
2: if sister goes on and wins uh the title then i would say yes I'd, I'd say she has to win the title, though, to be, to be official, to okay. be Instagram official.
0: Because you have – Glenn Hall doesn't have any world champs championships under his belt. I know that he's working with Tyler Wright, but I don't think he was working with her when she won her world titles. Does, he does has, Ross, who
2: does Ross work on the women's side? Tati. So I think Ross Ross, and, uh, and Charlie Medina, neck and neck.
0: Well, Ross would only have one because he didn't start working with John until after John won his first.
2: Yeah, but John has – I mean, sure, I'm going to say one. He has two, Gabe. Charlie got two. Charlie has two, exactly. Uh, Yeah, I guess you got to give weight to more than one, right?
0: Yeah, and the thing is, like, Glenn Hall has a roster of guys who have kind of been in the top five and girls, and so that's worth something, but it's not worth as much as a title. If you're not one no. in the title, then what are you doing?
2: We, and, should, we should actually rank yeah. uh, what a title's worth versus what a number three, number five is worth.
0: Yeah, we have to assign point values. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, well, moving on from that headline, I've got one more for you. Quote, Surfing Monkey re-emerges as physical representation of great evils caused by marijuana use in shameful public service announcement evoking WSL's war against longboarding, exclamation point.
2: This one is such a mess. I woke up in the morning and saw that PSA for the Surfing Monkey and thought it was brand new, thought it was just released. And so I thought, oh, this is gonna be my morning story. So went downstairs, found the video, was writing the story uh, and then realized that it was like 10 or 15 years old or something. And I, I was already enough in and I was like, uh, I'm just going to, the stoner angle with Joel Tudor and the monkey kind of was longboarding. So I'm just going to pivot midway. And so then I went and changed the title, just added, I didn't even erase the original title, just added WSL's War with Longboarding and finished it off. There we go. <laughs>
0: How was that article received?
2: uh i I think it did pretty well clicks wise oddly it started slow but then started building up yeah you start
0: anything with surfing monkey you're gonna get a
2: lot of clicks yeah yeah i think that uh uh i was really proud of it to be honest it was a it was a work of bad lazy art like that goes deeper than just being lazy like it was a where you realize you're doing something lazy and then make it lazier. And then it takes that actual
0: work to get to the yep. finish. So it becomes a labor.
2: Yep. And that's when you've really reached art. That one is, I'll put that as one of my best beach grit stories of all time.
0: Put that up there with the opening call today, the sing-along.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to reread it for the fun of it. Surfing monkey re-emerges as physical representation of great evils caused by marijuana use in shameful public service announcement evoking wsl's war against longboarding (laughs) that was a journey dude (laughs) that was such a journey (laughs) yeah it's real bad (laughs) all right let's go to barrel or nah we will leave that there and go to barrel or nah and the first one comes from a listener
1: david Chaz. i need your input so recently Went to uh, Hawaii, Hawaii, for uh, native speakers, uh, and I was, uh, you know, embracing the culture and start throwing up shakas as hellos and goodbyes, you know, as one does when in when on the islands. And came back to the mainland, and I find myself still throwing up shakas to people, um, and I say people because usually it was just my surf friends or surf encounters. However, recently I found that I've been throwing shakas to mainlanders who have no idea what a shaka is or you know is relevance to surfing so to that i ask barrel or not nah, throwing shakas outside of
2: hawaii so yeah keep up the work okay this is the work right here this is the actual work because this is a essential question in surf i am going to posit that the shaka has uh become so diluted that it's totally fine to use it anywhere any place anytime any context i think most people most surfers have before thrown ironic shakas and then slipped into accidentally throwing their ironic shakas for legitimate hellos and goodbyes i think that like just the shaka is so ubiquitous uh so many people throw eric logan throws a shaka Everybody throws a Shaka. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill throws a Shaka. So I'm going to say the Shaka as a thing has lost its uh, edge. What we can do, the question we are then left with, do we try to rehabilitate the Shaka by regulating who's allowed to throw them, uh, where you throw them, etc., or just say can't beat them, join them, and start sh- sh- Shaka if you got them. And There's I'm a shaka if you got them
0: okay i'm gonna say we don't need to do anything but there's a variety of nuance in the shaka so eric logan and jonah hill are throwing showing you the back of their hand with the full extension it's like making a hard fist like uh extending the pinky as and straight as you can and the thumb going the opposite way as far and straight as you can. Like mm, shaka biting their bottom lip like, hey bro shaka. Whenever you see an actual native Hawaiian, it's a loose and it's often the front of the hand, you know, it's just uh, like.
2: Uh, but the, the pinky barely raised is. Barely raised. But see, uh, like, so this I'm going to about...
0: use as little effort as possible, just toss it up there as loose as possible often the front of the hand with the palm open. You could see their entire palm loose, boom, shaka.
2: So the, the uh, beauty of this, though, of letting the masses toy with the shaka is it gives the, like, imagine if Jonah Hill threw up a palm-facing loose shaka, what a kook he would look like. If he was throwing a real Hawaiian shaka, he would look like such a piece of kook, like that he's never even looked up till now, right? Like it you would gotta, look like
0: Zuckerberg throwing the spear.
2: Yeah, exactly. Got to know your lane with the shaka. So maybe they just get the tight shaka. You get the tight back of hand shaka. This is the let them have it. You, this is the new Val nerd wave. Like they're identi- They're
0: self identifying as, as a Val nerd.
2: That's it. Yeah. So the tight back of hand shaka. You are a Val nerd, and we need to. We needed to know, and now we know officially. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Yes. Okay, good. I'm pivoting off my. I mean, pivoting in. I'm going to say steel barrel. Uh, but it's a great, a great identifier.
0: And there's a lot of variation in between the two that I described and they're exactly on this, uh, scale. Yep. It's like over here, as it becomes looser and looser and looser, you're becoming more like authentic surfer until you're full native Hawaiian.
2: But If you throw a native one, you better really, 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 really be Mason home.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I've identified what's what, and I've surfed for twenty plus years. I don't go full native one because I'm not native. Yeah. So I go just like a little bit of grip to it. Yep. Still open palm, still front palm, but I gotta I gotta tighten the grip a little bit.
2: That's true. There is there is oddly there's more nuance in the shaka than any hand symbol you could do.
0: A peace sign still doesn't the have sign as much. Is
2: just up. You can, all you can do is like start wilting your peace a little bit. Right, and once like, you it,
0: open, the, once you open the last two fingers, it becomes a different sign, kind of. It's not even the, a peace
2: sign anymore. The flipping off only has the varietal of like the tight, all in, tight thumb out. This one, yeah, the one like that, and then like just a loose.
0: What about, what about doing a front-handed one? (laughs) Showing them the palm of your hand with your middle finger up?
2: That should be, that should be the new Shaka. That's what we should bring is the new surf sign. Surf sign is kind of a loose middle finger front. Yeah. Yo, bro. That's the, that can be the, that can be the white person culturally appropriated version of the Shaka.
0: We're inventing it right now. This means you're from Southern California and you have white privilege. You go like (laughs) this. Um. Have you ever given a sincere Shaka in your life?
2: Uh, I think accidentally, yeah. Like, I think that the ironic Shaka path to serious Shaka is one that you don't see coming. And then one day you throw a real Shaka and you're like, oh, I was serious about that. Oops.
0: Do you remember, when,
2: just, you, do you remember when it happened? No, I was probably to like a, I don't even. It was probably to like a gro- grocery bagger or something.
0: I have a very specific one that I remember because my best friend has made fun of me ever since. Perfect. And we were, uh, I'm going to say 18 years old, maybe 16 years old. And we were surfing Newport beach, like 54th or 56th street or something early morning. And I got a super long left barrel and he happened to be paddling out. And so he saw the whole thing, you know, this is a dream scenario when you're surfing with your buddies I just stroke into this thing. And like, for whatever reason, when I was that age, backside kind of pig dog stance was the most comfortable position for me to be in. So I knew like, if that wave came, that was one thing that you I could do where I would like shine above my buddies. And um, so this thing came and it was a long runner. And it was like, I was just getting barreled for freaking what felt like 20 seconds, but was probably five seconds. Didn't quite make it. It tapered and got real small. So I didn't make it. But I kind of got pinched and just like came through the back at the end. And he happened to be paddling, right? So we're like, we're right next to each other when we come up. And I just had this huge smile on my face. And I gave him the front-handed loose one. Oh, wind, yeah. Just like, because I was full of glee. It was the equivalent of a claim as if I had made the wave, you know? But I was just like, uh, And he just started laughing at me. He just like pointed and laughed. He's like, ah. He's like, That's that good. was... He's like, that thing was so sick until you did that. You that's, know? A, and that
2: like, is a, that's a solid memory. Like the the shock that just bu- bubbles up from deep within your heart and comes out.
0: As if I got like shacked at pipeline, you know, or yeah. something. Like, <laughs> but the funny thing was like instantly he knew how kooky it was for me yeah. to respond in that way and instantly i didn't care because i was like that was the that's sickest barrel, barrel i've gotten yeah. in a long time you know and you didn't get that barrel so now you're just trying to make fun of me but i've never done it since as a result yeah. of the shaming
2: yeah as a, that's a good friend
0: yeah all right well so we're going barrel on mainland shaka but know barrel. your place
2: yep okay uh
0: my final two barrel or no's are both grammatical
2: great Love it. I'm an applied linguist by trade. Exactly.
0: And this one was actually used by you, and I never mentioned it. But, barrel or not, calling it maths.
2: Uh, I mean, that's what they do in uh, Australia, and I do believe England. It It is mathematics, which gets, they keep the S on the end, where we drop it off. So, I probably wrote it in a specific... Dealing with Australia way, like I don't like to showcase your either continentalness or your Australianness ness in America. Like, if you, you know, if you go to Starbucks and order a flat white and then, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, could I have a latte like when you're clearly American? Dumb. Uh, using maths, if you're an American, dumb. But in context, if you're writing to Australians or about Australians, that's what they call it. What are you gonna do, You, maths.
0: you used it in reference to teaching your kids. You're like,
2: oh. you're oh, like, then yeah. Then I mean, we have
0: then we have maths on Friday or something like oh. that. And I was like, man, you don't hear a lot of Americans saying maths.
2: I might have been using it ironically. Bummer. Yeah, Bummer I think you were catching myself out doing exactly so bear- what I said not to do.
0: Okay. I've never used it. I've heard people use it. And then I've wondered if I was using it wrong, but apparently it is a regional thing.
2: It is regional. It's regional to, I think, England as well, but definitely Australia.
0: But like with so many other things that are specific to England versus the US, I think they're doing it
2: right. Yeah. For, I mean, well, the word is mathematics. It's right. not, not mathematic. It is, it is plural to begin with. And so they're keeping the plural of maths.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of
2: sense. Yeah, we just shorten it without thinking about the word itself uh, is plural.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, barrel then. Yeah. All right. Second one using the phrase bruh, B R U H. I'm going to say no. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: Of course. Of course. Hey, bruh.
0: This has been, this has kind of um, become popularized, I'd say, in the last two years.
2: It's the equivalent instead of, of Lou, Lou shaka
0: This is instead of bro, this is instead of bra, people are using bra, B-R-U-H.
2: I mean, it's the South, it's the South African varietal, right? Like, no, because that's, that's brew that's, brew.
0: brew. that's different. Yeah. This, I think is, uh, I think this has come from like, the black rap community is where I've seen this come from. I don't know where it exactly started, but that's where I start, where I first started seeing it being used. But now it's gone way past that in a mainstream culture. So my younger brothers are saying this. I had two people very close to me in the last week who I love and said it. And it was so out of place for them to say it. And I like looked at them thinking, first of all, not only have you never used that before, I'm not sure that you're allowed to use that because it's specific to a certain culture or am I just so not with it anymore? I'm so removed. I have no idea. So Barrow and Ah.
2: I'm going to say no, not in. Also, I'm going to apply this to any new word that comes into the vocabulary. If you're over a certain age, be very, very, very careful about not for appropriation reasons or anything just for sounding like a coop when all of a sudden you introduce a new word to your vocabulary if everybody is saying this thing right or if this is culturally popular you never said it and you're going to start dropping it just be very very careful so it's, i'm going to say it's not always enough it is generally enough sometimes you can introduce a new word into your vocabulary a, a trend and by new word i mean a trending word a right. word that is somehow po- or or has come become popular. If you're riding a word bandwagon, it's likely very, very not.
0: You can get yourself in a hot water from cultural appropriation on one side of the spectrum or on the other side, you just sound like an idiot.
2: You sound like an old person who's jumping into the trend like, oh hey kids like you do the skateboarding kind of <laughs> I love that meme dude <laughs> yeah I best. Steve
0: Steve Buscemi wearing his that's hat on best. backwards yep. who looks like an old man probably even when he was young he looked like yep. an old man but he's got the skateboard slung over his shoulder which nobody carries a skateboard like that yep and he's like hey what's up fellow kids
2: yeah so I mean but that's that's how I feel people sound mm. who all of a sudden drop the trending word. Totally. It sounds like one of fellow kids.
0: The thing that I always hated about bruh is it's harder to, it's harder to say. It's harder to write. The only reason why we ever shortened bro or brew or any of that was to simplify it. It was to say less syllables and it comes out of the mouth easier. Bruh is like adding back complexity to the simplified word. So it doesn't make sense to me.
2: And brew, brew is only brew because it's a South African yeah, that's the way they say. Uh, oh, Bur- yeah. There you go. So they, they're not. They're not. They weren't trying to fancy it up. No. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm. I'm saying full stop. No barrel on Yeah. Bra.
2: Yeah. Please stop. I agree. agree. P.S.L.
0: Okay. Uh Quick update. Oh, one thing we didn't cover, but we have to acknowledge it, is Mark Zuckerberg's recent claim of surfing 15 foot waves. Do you have anything yeah. to say on that?
2: Well, I read. Uh, on kook of the day today some kawaii local who said like he gets whipped into big waves uh and this kawaii local was frustrated by it saying you know you if you have enough money you can buy anything which i yeah. think was the tone like it frustrated him that you could buy the safety team and the all of it so apparently based upon that one message direct message into kook of the day i'm gonna say i don't doubt that he does get whipped into some bigger ones uh the fact that he can do it and does do it in no way lessens the lameness of him doing that Like of stating it you just you exactly you just bought your way in if you would have gone and paddled out by yourself and started learning and then kept it quiet and i found out way later later or saw you saw a picture somebody that somebody took of zuck like charging you know big outer what was that outer pine trees what's that break called
0: oh yeah the, i don't know on the reefs out
2: there if he was like out there uh you know on a bombing day then i would give him credit going out toe surfing with the best in the business at doing that and getting like yeah i have a great friend here rip zinger is his name awesome japanese guy lives with Ramachado machado a lot uh, Rob and Rip went down to Mexico a couple months ago. I saw this epic photo of Rip. Just he's like not a great surfer. He just he loves it, loves it, loves it. He's a great snowboarder, but just started surfing not that long ago, I think. Uh, but there's so there's a picture of him in this Mexican just getting shacked. It's like a solid overhead, you know. And I was like when I saw him next, I was like Rip, that was insane. And he was like, No, I didn't do anything. Like I l- honestly did not do anything. Rob picked the exact wave, told me exactly what to do, stepped me off in the exact right spot. So I take zero credit. That's not surfing. Uh, I just was there and it was fun. You know, the view was great and everything, but he does not consider that surfing, uh, which that that Zuck does not surf.
0: And I didn't see what Zuck is talking about, but I guarantee you it it was an open ocean lull of a wave. Yeah. And if there was even whitewash breaking, he was nowhere near it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so a 15 foot open ocean lull is not even as scary as a five foot barreling beach break. You know, like getting, it's nothing.
2: Getting towed into it too? or Getting towed up.
0: in with a rescue team. That is yeah. actually the easiest thing. It's harder to catch a whitewash and go straight on whitewash than it is to do what he did. So I fully agree with you. Paddling in one thing. Bottom turning at the base of a 15-foot wave, a totally different thing. Getting towed in on an open ocean wave off the coast of Kauai doesn't even matter at all.
2: Not even cool. Nope. It's less. It is less cool than not doing it.
0: And then bragging about it. I don't even know who was interviewing him. But talking about, like...
2: Lex Fridman. Do you ever listen to Lex Fridman? No. Big podcaster.
0: Apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, talking about it in a way that's like, oh, I he said, oh, I do a yeah. lot of training. I mean, we yeah. prepare for that. It, we'd be dumb to go out there without a safety crew and blah blah blah, <laughs> which is all true. But it's making him sound like he's Laird Hamilton doing ice bath and saunas three times a day. You
2: know, a and b, it's dumb to try. Like it's dumb to go out unprepared for 15 foot wave. Try everybody else who serves bigger surf in Hawaii going out by themselves on 15 foot days, like or
0: five foot day
2: at any of yeah. those reefs. Yeah. Silly.
0: And he canceled your Instagram account.
2: Done. Thanks, Zach. Screw that guy. Hammering it even harder now.
0: I'm getting behind Jack Dorsey.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh,
0: So, real quick update before we get off the air. In the opening round for the Portugal event, uh, Jake Marshall got third in the the first heat, so he's vanquished to the elimination round. Kelly Slater got third Third. in the second heat. And... Looks like Luca Messinas in the third heat got third. The fourth heat is in the water now with eight minutes remaining. And Vasco, wildcard Vasco Ribeiro is in third after Jadson Andre and Italo Fajera.
2: I'm just I like I couldn't have been more bored by what I just heard for some reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because you don't have a survival pick in the game.
2: That's true. That's true. Who did you? Who is your Portugal survival? Kanoa Igarashi. That's smart. Home home, surf for the boy.
0: Do you want to hear one more listener line call? I wasn't going to play it, but I've got it ready if you want to hear one. Sure do. Okay. Let's hear it.
1: Hey, guys. David, Jazz. I got an inside scoop. Yeah, this guy, Kanoa Igarashi. He's doing real good. I got a magic eight ball here. I keep shaking it and shaking it. And I keep saying Igarashi's going to win. This whole thing, I keep shaking the eight ball. I keep shaking it more than Tommy Lee Chase Bamblin and this series I'm watching. I mean really shaking it. it says Eric for Portugal, Igarashi for the win at Trestles. You know. You know it's <laughs> you know, keep up the work and get better. I
2: don't doubt no. it. I honestly don't doubt it. it makes I perfect sense. I told yeah. you
0: you get some weird freaking calls, dude.
2: That was a good one. Can I do yeah. a quick public service before we get off air? Yeah, uh, so the wife, Cersei Wallace, is doing her action sports. Uh, sorry, let me find it here. The uh, sports, master, sports management mastermind. Sorry, sports management mastermind. So those who either are athletes or parents of upcoming athletes, uh, it is a series um, starting Tuesday, March 8th. Uh, I think there are multiple hours worth, and they're with Cersei Wallace, my wife, who is an agent, Sue Izzo, also an Epic agent, and this time joining is Todd Richards, who phenomenal pro snowboarder and the voice of Olympic snowboarding, voice of a lot of stuff, and they talk about what to do with sponsors, how to build your athlete brand, how to stand out, what not to do, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. so anybody who has any interest in either becoming an action sport, an extreme sport athlete, or has a kid who wants to be one, there you go.
0: Sportsmastermind.com?
2: Yes. Sorry. I left off the most important part. Uh, it's sportsmanagementmastermind.com. Sportsmanagementmastermind.com.
0: Awesome. The other thing that we need to tease is your
2: book signing, book signing
0: yes. slash reading. I'm moderating it. It's at Warwick.
2: Warwick's. Warwick's in La Jolla, 7.30, uh, March 16th, just, just almost two short weeks away. And please come. Just, I just want to see and hug people there, yeah. all our listeners.
0: So the book is Blessed Are the Bank Robbers. It's available on for pre-order, everywhere that you would pre-order books. But then come down and hang out with us at Warwick's. And uh,
2: yeah, it'll be fun. March 16th, yes. Mark your calendars, 7.30 p.m. Don't have to come for the book reading. Just come and hang out afterwards. Love come it. come and hang out for the book reading.
0: Absolutely. All right, Chaz, great show. Thanks for rallying, even though you're sick. I hope that you feel better. Thanks for having me, even though I'm sick. Gladly. All right, until next week.
1: Get barrel.